You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. Apologies once again for our live viewers that I was, I think, one or two minutes late this time around. I have had a nightmare of a morning. It's baking hot, which is obviously lovely, scorching, beautiful day here in London. Uh, but I woke up with a horrible headache. I had to pop down to the builders merchants to order some materials to come and get delivered uh, tomorrow for the builders to continue with their job. Uh, another job that is. And uh, I managed to turn funny in the car when I was trying to look behind me to reverse and hurt something in my back, which is not ideal. Sign of old age, I guess. Uh, but good afternoon to those of you joining us live. Hope you're all well. And I can see that the subject or the primary subject of today's podcast has already got you guys chatting uh, and already debating around whether or not uh, this man in question, the man that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show, would be a good fit for the Arsenal. But before we come on to talk about Tammy Abraham, uh, I've got to react a little bit and reflect on the news that Arsenal have, of course, pulled out of their pre-season trip to the US after members of the travelling party tested positive for COVID-19. Now, it's not been specified who exactly it is that has tested positive. It's not been specified whether it's players, whether it's members of staff, etc., etc. But whatever way you look at it, this comes as a huge disruption for Arsenal's pre-season. Arsenal will, of course, have had all their preparations set, planned out and in place ahead of the new season. We were going to play two games out in the United States in Florida and now we have to go back to the drawing board and we've got very little time to replace those games, one of which was going to be on Sunday, so just a few days away. And then, of course, the second one was going to be a few days after that. So lots for Arsenal to, to be working on behind the scenes now and trying to make sure that the impact of missing those two games is not going to be felt and is not going to derail our preparations for the 2021-22 campaign too much, which is... Not ideal. And look, a lot of people, when I kind of tweeted last night saying that this was not ideal and it's a bit of a blow and it's a, a bit of a pain in the ass, a lot of people were going, oh, well, there you go. That's Mikel Arteta's first excuse then. Look, it's not about that. Why does everyone have to make a big thing um, about it somehow being related to Mikel Arteta? It's nothing to do with Mikel Arteta uh, that this has happened. It is unfortunate. Whatever way you look at it, if you're a manager... And especially when you banged on last summer about the lack of a preseason and how difficult that was to then finally get yourself a full preseason and find it disrupted by something that's completely out of your control is unfortunate. And you would be cursing your luck and you would be really, really disappointed with it. So I think I'm not going to use it as an excuse if Arsenal don't deliver this season, but it is something that obviously isn't ideal in terms of Mikel Arteta, his staff and the team's preparation of the new season. It's not ideal. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. But now Arsenal need to work behind the scenes to make sure that we can replace those games with maybe two local games, um, you know, providing that, you know, we've got the kind of people, the personnel available to do so. Obviously, we've got to stay within the regulations and the rules as well. That's really important. 
Um, but yeah, Arsenal got to get to work on that and, and got to get to work on that soon for sure. It is a bit of a reminder though, isn't it, that this pandemic, although here in the UK, a lot of people have kind of just dismissed it now and decided that it's over because the restrictions have been lifted. Actually, this is a stark reminder that this is probably still going to have an impact on our game, on our sport, on our football club moving forward. Because even now where you're talking about elite athletes who are in their bubbles, et cetera, et cetera, just before they're about to travel abroad, this, uh, this occurs. Now, I guess you could make the argument, and it's a valid argument, that maybe traveling across the world is not the right thing to do at a time like this, especially somewhere where there is, uh, you know, a large amount of COVID cases as well. It doesn't feel like the most sensible thing, but it was a commercial venture, wasn't it, on Arsenal's part? And it's all about the money, Arsenal chasing the money. And that's what it's been about for so, so many years, not just with Arsenal, but all the elite football clubs. And, you know, it does feel like, you know, maybe it wasn't the greatest idea in the first place. But hey, look, if those tests don't come back positive and everybody goes along and everybody partakes in the tournament and gets on with it, then nobody's saying that. So it is kind of one of those hindsight arguments, I've got to say. But the people I'm most guided for, you know, obviously I'm disappointed for the players. I'm disappointed for Mikel Arteta, for the staff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and the fact that they now have more work to do and they now have to find a way of compensating for what they're going to miss out on. The people I feel most sorry for are those fans uh, across the pond who would have been planning to get there, will have already made arrangements to get down to, to Florida to watch the team. You know, as Arsenal fans here in the UK, I think sometimes we take it for granted. Well, I certainly take it for granted that I can get in the car and be at the Emirates Stadium in 20, 25 minutes. And then there are fans on the other side of the world, like you guys, who are just as dedicated. You could probably argue even more dedicated because you wake up at all cr- kinds of crazy times of the night to watch the games of football. And then you guys get an opportunity to see your heroes in the flesh without having to travel all the way to the UK only for it to be taken away so late in the day as well. You know, as I say, Arsenal were due to play on Sunday. The team were due to fly out today. And last night we got that news that the tour has been called off. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not ideal. And I, and I feel sorry for you guys. I, I really, really do. And I hope that the club will do something, whether that be giving you access to um, some of the games that are coming up here in, in the UK um, for free you know, as as a kind of gesture of goodwill. I don't know what the, the solution will be. I don't know what the outcome will be, what the club will decide to do. But I do hope that they do something because it isn't fair. Um, it is really unfortunate and not something that can be helped. And so I don't think anybody can be angry with anybody, but it is one of those where disappointment is going to be uh, is going to be the feeling for so many. And, and that's always horrible to see. So, um yeah, uh, if you are already in Florida, I hope you you make the most of the trip anyway and enjoy yourselves and, um, you know, make the most of uh, of a trip that I'm sure will be lovely anyway, missing the Arsenal, of course, but fingers crossed um, you can make the best out of that situation. And again, heart goes out to those over in the States because I know how dedicated some of you are. I speak to some of you on social media quite regularly and know that a number of you were traveling from all different parts of the United States to get there, to be a part of it, uh, to enjoy watching Arsenal in the flesh. It was a bit of a treat. Um, 
for those of you that, that don't get to come to the UK regularly and that's been taken away. So I do um, really feel for you. I do. Let's um, let's talk a little bit about some of the transfer news, because obviously there has been a few more reports, a few more rumours doing the rounds. Not new in terms of the players that we're being linked with, but there seems to be little drips and drabs of further information surfacing with regards, first of all, to Arsenal's reported interest in Chelsea striker Tammy Abraham. Now, Tammy Abraham is a player that Arsenal have said to have held an interest in uh, for a couple of weeks now. Tammy Abraham is somebody that has been deemed surplus to requirements at Chelsea. We know that Chelsea are in the market for a new striker as well. Erling Haaland is being linked with the club and it's said that the Blues are going to make an offer of around about £135 million to try and bring him in, which is huge, huge money. But that spells the end, you'd have to say, for Tammy Abraham at Chelsea. So where does he go? Well, there are said to be a number of clubs interested in him, one of which is Tottenham Hotspur. However, Arsenal are said to be the club who are most interested in the player and would consider a move for him that would see him arrive at the Emirates Stadium on an initial loan deal with an obligation for Arsenal to purchase the player at the end of the season for a figure of £40 million. Now, my initial thought on this, £40 million for Tammy Abraham, when you think about it straight away, it sounds crazy. When you start to think about the fact that he is still quite young, that he has proven himself to be a goal scorer, that he is uh, English homegrown, which obviously carries weight in the transfer market these days, £40 million is not a crazy fee. I know some people might not see it like that, but when you consider that we're paying £50 million for Ben White, who's got a lot of potential, but it needs to fulfil that potential for that to mean anything, then actually 40 million for Tammy Abraham, who is a striker and strikers are traditionally more expensive anyway. It doesn't sound that crazy. Um, 23 years old, as I said, and, and that hits the sweet spot for Arsenal again, doesn't it, in terms of the profile of player that they are looking for? Because we've heard time and time again um, about Arsenal kind of changing direction in terms of their recruitment policy. And when you think about uh, what Tammy Abraham uh, has achieved in his career so far. Actually, he's a 23-year-old, but he's a really well-experienced 23-year-old. And you've got to take that into consideration. I always talk about this. If you sign an 18, 19-year-olds, there is a risk that they're still not quite there, that they're still not mature enough. Signing somebody like Tammy Abraham is means you're getting somebody who is not quite at their peak yet, but is closer to it. And you've got more time to go by in terms of watching how they developed, how they've learned, et cetera, et cetera. So profile-wise, age-wise, it makes sense. In terms of his position, striker is a position that I think we all recognise will need addressing. Whether we can get away with addressing it next summer, though, is another story. You've got Alexander Lacazette at the club. You've got Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at the club, both of whom are in a strange situation. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang obviously dropped off a bit last season, is getting on a bit. Um, you look at Alexander Lacazette, a player who is now in the final year of his contract. What are Arsenal going to do with that situation? Are they going to look to cash in on Lacazette now uh, or are they going to keep him? Are they going to extend his deal? We don't really know. And that one is up in the air. There were reports a few days ago uh, suggesting that Arsenal were open to allowing Lacazette to go if the price was right. 
And if Tammy Abraham was to come in, I think you probably would see Alexander Lacazette leave the club. I, I really do think that. Um, as I say, his contract situation is not ideal and Arsenal could stand to earn some money from the player as opposed to potentially watching him walk away for free at the end of next season. So it's a, it's a situation in which Arsenal need to make a decision. We've, we've said that right from the end of last season, that it's something that really needs to happen. Um, and, uh, and I guess if Arsenal were to move for Tammy Abraham, that might give us an indication as to what the club's feelings are on Alexander Lacazette. Now, I can see lots of you in the chat box are, are not happy with the idea of Arsenal signing Tammy Abraham. And I've got to be honest, I want to be upfront and open about this. I'm not massive on it. It's not one that I'm like, yeah, definitely, I'll have this player. It's one where I can kind of see both sides. But I'm leaning towards the, I think we could spend £40 million better elsewhere. That's that's my personal opinion at this moment in time. But there are some things in Tammy Abraham's favour. First of all, Tammy Abraham has scored more goals in a single Premier League season than Alexander Lacazette has managed since he came to the football club, which is quite significant, in my opinion, quite important, quite a big deal, I think. So there's that. There's also the fact that you know, people get kind of caught up in this thing of we don't want to sign Chelsea players and, you know, we've signed Chelsea rejects in the past and it's been a problem for us. We've ended up stuck with them. It's not happened. It's not worked out. And we've ended up with egg on our faces. This is not Arsenal signing a player in the twilight of his career from Chelsea Football Club, like a David Luiz, like a William Gallas, like a um, Willian, you know, that this is not the same thing. We're looking at someone who is a young player that Chelsea have kind of pushed to the wayside and Chelsea are essentially going to be giving up on. Now, Chelsea have done this with a lot of players in the past. They've given up on a lot of players very early on in their careers. Players who went on to have very, very good careers. Kevin De Bruyne is a prime example of a player that Chelsea gave up on too soon. Mohamed Salah is another one. I'm not for a second suggesting that Tammy Abraham is as good as any of those players I've mentioned. But the point I'm making here is this is not Arsenal being interested in an old man who's about to get into that point in his career where he's just trying to coast through, uh, earn as much money as he possibly can and isn't really that hungry and that ambitious. You're talking about a young player here who would, you feel, have a point to prove if he were to leave Chelsea and some of you are telling me in the chat, and I don't know this, that, that Tammy Abraham is an Arsenal fan as well. And so, again, I'm, I'm still not completely convinced about it. But I can see the arguments for this. And I and, and I think you have to 100% put this whole Arsenal and Chelsea recruitment thing to one side. It's got nothing to do. You know, the fact that we signed old players from Chelsea in the past who haven't hit the heights that we hoped, et cetera, et cetera, has got absolutely nothing to do with this particular transfer story. It, look at the player. Look at what he would bring. Look at who he is. Look at his profile. Look at the price, et cetera. Take all of those things into consideration and then you can make your judgment on Tammy Abraham. But don't get caught up in this every time Arsenal signs someone from Chelsea. It's a disaster kind of cycle because that's not a fair way to judge Tammy Abraham. I think if you look at what Tammy Abraham's achieved so far, uh, Chelsea, he's played 82 times for the Blues. He scored 30 goals 
12 assists. That's a pretty decent return. Um, it's more than one goal in every three games. He was at Bristol City for a period of time for whom he scored 26 goals in 48 appearances. And he also scored 26 goals in 40 appearances for Aston Villa. So Tammy Abraham has scored goals wherever he's been. Unfortunately for him at Chelsea, um, it's not he's not always had the game time that he, he probably would like. When I think of what Tammy Abraham is as a player in terms of his style, in terms of how he might fit at Arsenal, I've talked quite a lot, haven't I, about how I think that Arsenal, in the way that Mikel Arteta is playing at the moment, need a bit of a hybrid of Alexander Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Now, what I mean by that is a player who is quite comfortable dropping that little bit deeper, getting involved in play, holding the ball up for people, but also comfortable in running in behind when that's what the game needs. We also talk a lot about needing an aerial presence. We need someone that when we are playing against these sides, you force us into the wide areas and put us in a place where we're always looking to cross the ball into the box. We need someone with a physical presence. So for me, when I think of the profile of Tammy Abraham, not just his age, not just his value, not just the fact that he's a homegrown player, all of that stuff. When I think about what he is as a player, stylistically, I think he is maybe that hybrid type that Arsenal are missing currently. I'm not saying he's better than Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who's had an entire career of scoring goals. Tammy Abraham's not at that level yet. Um, and I'm not even sure that he's better than Alexander Lacazette. But in terms of what he would bring to the side, I think he brings you the in-between. He brings you the a bit of what Lacazette does and a bit of what Aubameyang does. And I think that's what Arsenal fans, um, you know, are or some Arsenal fans are, are quite positive about. And again, let me reiterate the point. I'm still not 100% sold on Tammy Abraham, but I'm trying to make the case as to why this is not as crazy a link as some fans are suggesting. Problem I've got, or one of the problems i got with Tammy Abraham is that he does remind me a little bit of Danny Welbeck. And um, I can see a couple of you guys are saying that in the chat as well. Why does he remind me a little bit of Danny Welbeck? Because he's this... Guy who seems like he's got the right attitude, like he's spot on, like he's really good in terms of, um, you know, working with a manager. He's quite selfless, works very hard, but sometimes he's lacking that killer instinct. That's what I used to see in Danny Welbeck, a player who was a good player, would would make important contributions from time to time. But I was never sure if he had that real quality in the final moments um to to deliver all the time and to do, deliver on a consistent basis so that's the thing for me that's why he reminds me of Danny Welbeck because of maybe not having that killer instinct all the time um and maybe sometimes just I, I don't know man just just lacking that quality when it really really matters to make him an elite elite striker um this is a, a crazy comment in the chat from Stephen uh, Ahiabar, who says, I'm sorry, that's a bit racist, mate, just because they're both black and tall. It's got nothing to do with why I've compared the two players. If you actually listened to what I just said uh, about why he reminds me of Danny Welbeck, it's nothing to do with the colour of his skin. It's nothing to do with his height. That's a completely crazy comment. And, and I'm the last person uh, that you're going to get making uh, that kind of comparison based on race. So I, I'm really disappointed in that comment. And I don't know where that's come from. Um, I've just literally given you my my reasons as to why I think the two players are quite similar. And um, 
And uh, yeah, so I, I don't know where you got that from. I think that's, that's a crazy comment. Anyway, um, yeah, so that that's what I see in terms of similarities between the two. Hardworking, maybe not quite having that killer instinct as often as is necessary. And, um, and, and like a nice guy, maybe not fired up enough sometimes, maybe not got that edge. Uh, that some of the top, top strikers and that maybe even that arrogance that some of the top, top strikers have. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, why I think those two are a little bit similar and why he reminds me of him just a little bit. Now, obviously, Arsenal, if they were to do this deal, if they were to get him on uh, on loan and sort this obligation to purchase him at the end of the season, that would allow Arsenal, as we've said time and time again, for a number of clubs to kick the can down the road, essentially, um and uh yeah let's kick the can down the road and um get pay it next season i guess is the way that arsenal would be looking at something like this it allows us to do the business now to build the squad that we want to build um and you know you're not going to find many clubs who have got such an embarrassment of riches in terms of the number of players they've got that they'll actually allow that to happen chelsea are one of those few clubs who have so many players who have so much quality within their squad they're able to do that they're able to let him go on loan, knowing that they're going to be able to recuperate that money later down the line. So perhaps that is a, a situation that appeals to Arsenal. It's something that would make Arsenal, maybe if they were on the fence about Tammy Abraham and maybe considering other targets as well, the fact that they could structure the deal in this way may uh, kind of be the deal breaker for Arsenal in terms of why they would actually pursue him. So, yeah, I think that's an important point to note as well. I, I really, really do. Uh, just wanted to touch on uh, the James Madison stuff. Uh, so James Madison uh, is still being linked with a move to Arsenal. And I've talked a lot about how I think this one is probably a bit unrealistic because of how much it's likely to cost. And reports emerging now are saying that Ainsley Maitland-Niles or and and or whatever, however you want to put it, uh, Reese Nelson could be used as a part of that deal in order to try and uh, persuade Leicester City to let him go for something closer to around the £50 million mark. Now, that is interesting because we know that Reese Nelson is someone who needs to go and play football. Not sure Reese Nelson would get the game time necessarily at Leicester, though, either. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, a real strange one for me because he's someone that's got ability and, and for me, is is actually quite effective as a fullback or as a wingback. I think he'd fit quite well into that Leicester side, but he, of course, doesn't want to play there. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how it all goes. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's see how it goes. But that's the latest on him. Also, Arsenal are being linked to Jordan Henderson. Apparently, Arsenal are the favourites to sign Jordan Henderson, whose contract talks with Liverpool are supposedly stalling. He's not out of contract until 2023 at Anfield. So I'm surprised that this is even a story. Um, feels like a nonsense one to me. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Um, but yeah, not for me. He's 31 years old. Um, good player, good servant to Liverpool Football Club, but just don't see how that fits in with what we're trying to do. You know, we keep talking about Arsenal uh, trying to build for the future. We keep talking about Arsenal identifying players in the profile of 21 to 23 years old um, who have shown promise in the early stages of their career, still have room to develop and grow with the team, but also who could maintain a sell-on value moving forward. And Jordan Henderson does not, for me, um, fall into that category. So that one is just, is, is crazy. Uh, also 
Reports continue linking Arsenal with a move for Aaron Ramsdale, the Sheffield United goalkeeper. It's been heavily linked with a move to the Emirates Stadium. But as of yet, as far as we know, although contact, initial contact was made via intermediaries, there is nothing to suggest that Arsenal have lodged a formal offer to Sheffield United. So uh, no movement on that one just yet, contrary uh, to what some of the reports are telling us. Maybe that will change in the coming days shared my feelings on Ramsdale yesterday. Um, check it out. You can find it on on uh, yes one of yesterday's episodes. But yeah, not, not sure about that one. Right, let's take some of your questions. Get some of your questions in the chat box. Let me pick out a few of those uh, before we jump off. Of course, this is the first of two shows coming your way today for the YouTube viewers. If you are listening via the podcast platforms, the second show, which we're going to be recording late tonight, will drop uh at some point well no not at some point it will drop first thing tomorrow morning uh there are over 250 of you with us live right now but we've only got 43 likes on the board let's try and get that up to as close to 100 as possible it really really helps if you haven't subscribed to the channel already what are you waiting for it doesn't cost a thing get involved uh, and if you'd like to go that one bit further by becoming a member and helping me to create more content then you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. Also, this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to their website, enter the discount code 90min20, and you'll receive 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. You stand to save yourself a fair amount of money and you never know, you might have a date that goes a little bit better than you planned and you'd definitely wish you'd manscaped in that case. So do check them out. And we thank them, of course, for their very, very kind sponsorship. Uh, let's go over to the live chat. Um, uh, let's see what what we've got. Uh, Assassin General says, Harry, reports are now saying that Liverpool are leading the race for a while. How do you feel about that? Um, mixed mixed if I'm honest because I, I quite like Hussein Mawar but I have got some concerns about him as well which I've voiced before I think that maybe there is a worry with Hussein Mawar about consistency um, there is a worry about whether he fits into the 4-2-3-1 or if he's better suited to a 4-3-3 so that would depend wouldn't it on how Mikel Arteta sees his team evolving moving forward look Liverpool are in a position to offer in Champions League football and that could be the deal breaker, right? That could be the bit that tips things in Liverpool's balance uh, or in Liverpool's favour, I should say. It is what it is. I think if Arsenal really wanted Hussein Mouar and were desperate for Hussein Mouar, um at this point, I think they would have they would have done it by now because it's quite clear that Leon would accept something around about 20 to 25 million euros. Feels to me like Arsenal are considering Hussein Mouar but are not 100% made up on him. They're not 100% sure yet. And I think his potential acquisition would be dependent on what happens elsewhere in the window for us. So I'm not sure he's Arsenal's first choice. And so if Liverpool are going to steal in and, and take him while Arsenal are kind of dilly-dallying on it, then then there's not really a lot we can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, mixed feelings on that one. Uh, let's pick out a couple more comments. Um Let's see what we've got. Um, Orlando Aguilar says, uh, hey, Harry, good to see you again. Really not liking these links. I don't think Abraham is worth the quoted price and is really not a player who Arsenal should be looking at. So there's a lot of mixed opinion on um, on uh, Tammy Abraham and the potential of him 
coming to Arsenal. Uh, Tom Hickey says, uh, is there an upper age limit for the use of the Manscaped gear? Asking for a friend. Tom, if there's hair, you need to take care. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> there is no age limit. Check it out, manscaped.com. And if you are interested in doing something, make sure you use the discount code, Tom, because you stand to save yourself a fair amount of money. Just expose Tom uh, there. But thank you for the comment. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Ashton says, how much better is Abraham to the level of Bamford or Calvert-Lewin? Um I actually really like Patrick Bamford, but I've only liked Patrick Bamford since he's joined Leeds United and since Marcelo Bielsa uh, has got hold of him. Because I think Marcelo Bielsa plays in a way and has built his team in a way that really benefits uh, Patrick Bamford and highlights the good qualities that he has, which are linking up with other people. He's improved in terms of his finishing. Uh, I know that in the season that Leeds were promoted, a season in which I covered them, I know I've said that to you guys before, but there was a lot of kind of feeling from the fans that he he wasn't uh, clinical enough is probably the word. He's improved in that sense, had a really good season in the Premier League um, last time out. But I don't think if you take Bamford away from Marcelo Bielsa and play him in a slightly different system, he's that effective. I think it is a lot to do with the way he's being utilised. And I'm not sure that he would get to play that way in an Arsenal shirt. So I wouldn't be looking at Bamford. As for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think they're quite different players. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is one of those players who, for me, when I think about him, I think about aerial ability, power, strength. Uh, obviously, he's got great technique as well and he's a good finisher, etc., etc. But as I keep talking about, I think that Tammy Abraham I'm not even going to say that he's better than those two, but what he has, I think, is a more rounded game. I think he does fit into that category of a hybrid between maybe Alexander Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, which is something I always say that Arsenal probably should be looking at. I don't know, again, if Tammy Abraham is the answer, but what I do know is that he is the right type of profile of striker uh, in terms of, of what he would bring to the team and his age and the fact that he's homegrown. And the fact that he's got something to prove and that he's got room to develop. So, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, I hope I've answered that in one way or another. And I do apologize if I've missed some of your questions out because there are so many coming through all the time. I do miss them sometimes when the chat updates. Let me just pick out maybe one more uh, before we uh, we lock off the stream. Uh, F4 Freestyler says, Harry, can you see Arsenal signing James Madison and then getting Odegaard on loan? And also, can you see Arsenal signing Lukatelli, Owa or Cope Miners? Please read my comment out. Thank you, bro. Um, I can't see Arsenal getting Madison and Odegaard. I, I can't. It's one or the other for me. And there isn't room for two of them because Emil Smith-Rowe is someone that Arsenal are really hoping is going to push on to that next level. And the fans, like myself included, are really hoping that he can show us that as well. Um, in terms of the sl slightly deeper midfield position, uh, can you see Arsenal signing Locatelli, Awa or Cope Miners? Um, I think Arsenal will sign a central midfielder. I'm not sure it's going to be Locatelli. Uh, you know, that one is looking increasingly unlikely. I'm not sure it's going to be Hussein Awa in light of the reports that have come out with Liverpool. Uh, Cope Miners is a player that a lot of people are quite positive about and Again, as I said, when we spoke about him a few days ago, I wasn't really 100% sure on him based on the fact that I've not seen a lot. But if those rumours do intensify, then I'll be sure to get someone on the show who can give you that bit of insight into the player. Um, 
Arsenal, for me, will sign another central midfielder. Who it will be, I don't know. Those are the names being linked, of course, but there is always the chance that Arsenal are going to spring a bit of a surprise on us uh, between now and the end of the transfer window. Right, I am going to leave it there. But as I say, we'll be back later on with another show where we'll spend more time taking you guys' questions and thoughts on the stories that are doing the rounds uh, today. Um, don't forget, if you haven't already, hit the like button. Let's quickly check in where we are uh, on that. Uh, hold on, we've got over 265 of you joining us live, but we've only got 72 likes. Come on, hit the 100 by the time the outro plays. It doesn't cost a thing. Just click it. It's really easy. really helps the channel. Subscribe if you're new. Check out manscaped.com and we'll be back soon with more. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.